Hi, and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia, who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world changed by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. Okay, well... What I'd love to do is achieve two things. First one is I'd love to achieve thanking you because uh, Northridge and Soul Survivor have been walking together for the last 19 years and you help us to do what we're doing tonight and we're here with you tonight as a team and also there's a team that's gone at 6am this morning to Iluka and it's called a roadie. And we get a minibus and we fill it and it's filled and they've, I just got a text, they're safely there. Uh, and that is a weekend, a three-day experience where we take values that what Northridge takes uh, and enjoys. You know, intimate worship with God, uh, knowing the Holy Spirit and he's got more gifts and administration, though we really need that one. Uh, you believe in practical evangelism in all different kinds of ways. Now, these are things you probably take for granted and go, Matt, come on, every church believes this or every church practices this. But bless us all, not everyone does. And we take teams to go and whoever, whatever church would love encouragement in this. You know, we take teams to go and help and starts with a coffee and ends up maybe with a soul team like tonight with you, although we're home with the already convinced tonight, which is fun for us. Because often for us, we're in a church where we all love one another and we do, but we might believe some things that, that people are, aren't as excited about. Um, and like what I'm just to clarify, it's nothing about Jesus. Uh, we're all on the same page. Uh, but I'm probably talking about more the charismatic end of the spectrum. And for those, oh, what is that? You mean like just happy? And yes, happy would be a good start. But also there are other gifts like prophecy and praying for healing and speaking in tongues and things like that. So we are encouraged by you to take that to other churches who would like to grow in it but don't know it as well as you do. Yeah? So... Uh, you have helped us for the last 19 years to do this. And so I need you to be in a position of receiving. And I'm not going to give you socks and undies as a present, you know, that receiving kind of feeling. It's like, oh, fine, whatever, mate. I would love you to enjoy a video we've made, which hopefully will show you uh, one of our events, so you've heard we're going to do a Young Adults Retreat. We're doing the roadie this weekend, uh, into this week. But we also ran a conference just been in April that we've made a video for you that you might see all the different things that we've been trying to encourage young people in over 19 years. Are you ready? Are you ready for movie sound quality, Sam? Here we go. So this is what you support to make happen. Uh, we've got a little slide. Oh, I feel uncomfortable with my, anyway. Okay, no, yeah, next one. There we go. Look, I'm into PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> and here are some of the fruits from April. Uh, from the top, we've got 12 lit letters written to local MPs. 400 trees were planted in your shire making connection, which is exciting. 1,600 pancakes flipped. 25 cars were washed. 
uh, 400 raids for compassion, 5,000 liners made days for girls, and there's a couple in your church that girls at the conference. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's exciting. So there were boys and girls at the conference making these liners, over 5,000 of them, for girls particularly in Southeast Asia, so for the sanitary, so that they can go to school. Isn't that great? Yeah? Uh, three, not 98 people registered, but there was a three, uh, not an eight. 398 people came, 24 youth groups, 120 pizzas on the Saturday. Uh, cars painted and assembled, 230. Do you ever do Christmas Operation Christmas Child in the shoebox? Well, they made all these little cars, put them all together to go in there. So good, apparently, was said quite a lot. And 1,400 coffees were poured over the five days. Is so good. Great. So you support this and you help people come to know Jesus in a way like that. So thank you. Uh, uh, to Phil and Kath and Chris and Jen and all the leadership team here, just want to say a big thank you for making this happen for uh, this long. And we want to keep going, uh, God's grace. Uh, next year, April's going to be at Pacific Hills Christian School uh, with a conference. So we're going to go back there into your local neighbourhood. Um, yes, but it's July. Great. Uh, just to come back to July. All right. The second thing I'd love to achieve tonight is to bring you a Bible message to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. And then where we're going to land is having time to ask the Holy Spirit to make that word personal, meeting us where we're at with God. How's it sound? Are you ready? You got a Bible? And I'm, I'm sorry I'm not in the I am statements, although I, I, Jesus is the light of the world. Okay, so I got it in there. Great. But uh, Psalm 86, would you like to come with me to Psalm 86? And here's a scripture I prayed and asked God for something to bring uh, to Northridge today. Psalm 86, verse 1 says, Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord. I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. For you are great and you do marvellous deeds. You alone are God. And the last verse to read, Teach me your way, Lord, that I, might, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. The thing that I would love to share overall from that psalm is that we need to be a people who do ask God for help. And we do need to be a people who need him. And I'm asking you, and I'd love you to ask me, to live a life that models to others that they need God, that we really need him, and model in my life that they would see that you really need him. 
I've got a little slide. Is that okay? So it's just to keep that up there. Um, and yeah, So, yeah, modelling a life that reflects our need of God. The reason why I want to do that and encourage and remind us of that is because we don't want the next generation. Now, I'd love for you to... How old are you? Okay, and I want you to count seven years back from you. And what age is that? Right? I would love you to keep this age group in your mind and heart tonight that you're influencing... Of course, you, you could be influencing a lot of age groups, but I want you to think about the next generation according to how old you are and ask you to be aware that you're modelling to them what it looks like to need God in your life. We want this to be the case because we don't want this age group to grow up thinking that it's their connections in life that's going to save them, that it's the money that they can get in their life that's going to save them, that it's the intellect that they can get and, and possess and give away that's going to save them. Our intellect and the money and the connections, and I could have picked another five things, they are good within themselves, but they will not save me. And I am concerned as I listen and live that if I'm not careful, just like the whole Old Testament story, that I can start to live a life in such a way that I kind of need God, but I've got all this other stuff going on and I'm so glad he's there when I'm anxious, but otherwise, I'm in charge. And I don't want this generation to grow up believing that or living that because you don't have to. <laughs> and because Jesus is the saviour. And in my language and in my conversation that I have at McDonald's, I would love to reflect, I need God. that someone else might say, you know what, I need this God you're talking about because, boy, he changes your life. The three little quick ways I'd love us to reflect upon this in is with word, spirit, and action. So reflecting, uh, modelling a life that reflects our need of God in word. When I hear that, where my, my mind runs to is Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, talking to the devil, saying that people will not live on something alone, bread, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus models to us that he does not rely upon food, literally, for the thing that truly satisfies him. He says later on in John that the work that truly satisfies Jesus is to do the will of my Father. Yes, we need food, and I've crossed that line. Um, but uh, anyway, um, but we need to live such a life with the Word that I really need every word of God, and it's only His Word that lasts. Or is it? Is there other stuff? Is there other stuff that lasts? No, we believe together that's not true. Everything else withers and falls away, but it's the word of God that lasts forever. Um, we sang this morning a classic oldie, which I enjoyed. 
This is the air I breathe. Um, and there's this line in the chorus part, I guess, that says, um, I, I am basically desperate for you, God. And as we were singing that, I was wondering, I wonder if anyone's finding this uncomfortable to say that they're desperate. Because being desperate is pretty weak, isn't it? If, if, if I'm a desperate person, I'm revealing that I haven't got it all together, that I'm pretty weak, and that's okay with God. But lots of people grow up like the older brother and the prodigal son, having it all together but missing out on the grace of God. Of Jesus, because they've put all their strength and their joy and their reliance upon what they've got rather than on the grace of Jesus. Jesus is offering any weak person here tonight light, food that will not spoil because it's the Father's will. Jesus is offering that. And we know it, don't we? We know what his food tastes like. And we know what his light is like. I would prefer the light of Jesus in the darkness of this world. Yes? Well, I need to stop dabbling with my past. Have a friend. Be accountable. Get prayer. Say I'm struggling. Let Jesus be the word that lasts forever. The only one I need. Uh, the thing that saved me in being a teenager follower of Jesus, and I grew up in a beautiful Anglican church in a place called Top Ride, and, um, and in that place I, I'd heard all the stories and, and Jesus wouldn't let me play soccer on Sundays because and, you know, the shops weren't open on Sundays, so basically Sundays were pretty average. Anyway, um, the thing that saved me in my relationship with Jesus was discipleship and drums. And drums because singing this is the day, this is like you can sing it and then you can move into the next chorus. If I were a butterfly, thank you. And it's like, okay, all right, fine. Um, the thing that saved me with Jesus and not giving up and going, what, is, what are we doing, was drums. And um, drums were of the devil, but that's okay. Um, they were happy to let sinners in. And, uh, well, that's what I grew up hearing, that drums weren't of God. And anyway, our church finally let drums in, and drums allowed me to engage with God. Yes, and annoy everyone else. Anyway, that then led to me thinking about worship music. And then this is where the vineyard story comes into my life when I was 16. Because Vineyard were now pumping out music on cassette tapes, the Father's Heart series. And anyway, so I started to get interested in worship music, and then I was interested in worship leaders. And, um, and one of them was a guy called Carl Tuttle. And Hosanna. Uh, anyway, so I won't sing the whole song. And um, I really enjoyed his music. Well, anyway, Carl was uh, at the time a young fella. Uh, John Wimber, the leader of the Vineyard Movement, sees him in the room, apprentices him, he becomes the worship leader, 
And he goes basically on tour, though we didn't call them tours in those days. Uh, we just called them Catching the Plane. And, but basically this vineyard team would go, well, I'm doing the most simplified version and I'll probably get told off later in a loving way that that's not true. But uh, basically they go all around the world leading worship, sharing the scriptures, prayer ministry, people getting close with Jesus. And Carl goes on this massive ride in leading in front of people in London and California and Sydney and South Africa and, and all the things that you might think that would float the boat of a young fella. You know, hotels, buffet food, uh, being in front of a lot of people, writing a song goes worldwide. And what happens in Carl's life, and he tells his story now as a late 60-year-old, and there's a great video of him telling the story. He basically says that from that time, he thought that all of that was, was what he wanted. And then he ends up leading the Anaheim church for a little bit, and then it all goes south. And the thing that he passes on to you and to me is this. He wished he knew that Jesus was enough. He wished that he knew that Christ was enough, that he as the word is enough. The prestige, the songs, the albums, they fall away. Now, obviously, for anyone in the room who's like, that does not float my boat and you lost me. What is it that you have grown up thinking, if I had that, I need that. That'll make it for me. And I just want to pass on as a, a middle-aged guy, truly Jesus Christ, and knowing him that he is with me takes all the burden away. And I don't need anything truly other than him. The second thing with spirit is simply this, is that Jesus offers you his Holy Spirit. And you know this. But here's the thing that I want to ask you to model to this next generation. Not, that, not just that Jesus is the only word, but that Jesus is spirit. You need him. I need him. And one of the practical things that you do at Northridge, which we nicked off you and then take around to different churches, is we have a prayer ministry time. We have a moment where you can say to God, I... I've heard, I've sung to you, I've heard you, now I'd like to know you. And I'd like you to meet me personally where I'm at. And I just want to say as a slightly older guy that be careful as you're growing older that, that you don't start to model to others that um, I don't need prayer ministry. I can get by with, I hear what you're saying, mate, no worries, no problem, and I just go on about my life. Could I ask all of us to reconsider that position and say, you know what, maybe that's not a great model. Maybe what I should model, no matter how I feel, is I need prayer. I need God to meet me where I'm at. I need to feel him, him to fill me and take me further than I've ever been before. That's what I need. And yes, there's ebbs and flows in prayer ministry times. You know, there's one, there's one person, then there's 20, and then there's 10. And sometimes we can get a bit uptight about it or give up on it. I just want to say to us, would you please consider modelling to the next generation in your life? You really need the Holy Spirit. 
and, you, and I'm going to model to you what do you do when you're asking God to fill you. And be aware that you being vulnerable with God is going to help the next generation go, you know what? It looks a bit odd and a bit strange, but gee, they look like they're happy. Or gee, they look like God's met with them. Or gee, they're looking a bit sad, but I'll ask them later, are you all right? And God met with them. So I just want to ask us, I just want to ask you, would you please never give up on modelling to the people? And if you're 50, 20, 17, can't guess everyone's age group here tonight, 12, the next generation need to see you, that you need God in a very practical and tangible way like that. And the last one is this, in action. We need God's projects. We need God's assignments. Um, For me, again, this is one of the things that's helped me stay alive with Christ, helped me keep going to prayer meetings, even if only two others will go. Because I want to hear God and I want to make sure I'm with God and God is with me in these prayer meetings. Because God's projects, God's assignments need us to stay engaged with him in a conversation. Yes? Well, I just want to ask anyone this. If you're not aware of God's project in your life at the moment, you know, like the thing that you're intentionally doing with him to help others, it's okay. It's all right. If in that position you'd like to move from that into going, oh, well, I'd like to know his new assignment. I'd like to know his new project for me. Then that'd be great. And I think with someone discipling you in your life and getting prayer and asking for prophetic words from God, God will show you the next project. And that might be sign up for this um, thing that the church is doing and get on board with that. Yes, that might be what it is. Absolutely. But I just want to say to any one of us that is like bored with God. Pardon me. Is, Is that possible? All right. Complacent. Um, Is that possible? Yes. Um, I just want to ask you, if you'd love to get over the line of that, stick up your hand to say to Jesus, Jesus, I'd really like your project. I'm a bit worried about what that's going to mean, but that's okay because I'm part of the club and the club is, you know, never sure. Just trusting, Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lay not on your own understanding. It's on your toilet door, come on. <laughs> so I want to be honest with you, and I'm coming into close for prayer ministry, to say that, and the reason I'm saying this to you is to, um, I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not willing to do. So, Um, The new project in my life, so we've got soul teams and conference and young adults retreat and the roadie and all that kind of thing that's happening, great, and we're going to keep doing that. But the personal thing for me is God has been speaking to me about is, Matt, would you please stop being a scaredy cat and would you please go and make a phone call and ask an Indigenous church leader out for coffee and would you please do this until I say, don't do this. So I'm happy to be accountable to you 
with that, honestly, and it frightens me in the sense that I don't know what this, I don't know what to do, um, and all these kind of different things. But I know that if I say no, I'm not going to do it. And I have said no to God, unfortunately, before, which was never a good move. And He loves me heaps, and He's waited for me to come back. And so I'm back and I've received this assignment. But I know when I say no to his assignments and to his projects, he still loves me, but I just get bored and I go the other way. I get critical. I fall asleep heaps. I eat too much. I, I just go the wrong way. But when I get in his adventure, I get up tight. I start praying. I ask people for help. Uh, we see his move, I, f- I feel engaged. So I'm just asking you, is that what perhaps you might like to say, you know what, I need, I need God's assignment. Or, and it, of course it might be acknowledging that what he's got you doing most of your life is his assignment and embracing that and seeing him at work in that. Yeah? So I want to encourage you to live a life that models to the next generation that they need God because you need God. You need him for his word, for his spirit, and in his spirit for the projects. And I'm not being silly because he is the light of the world. I I have been thinking about this. Simply because he he is the light of the world, I don't want to live in darkness And I don't want him to protect me from the darkness because I want to shine his light in the darkness. I'm going to need him to shine his light in the darkness that someone else might come out of the darkness and into his marvellous, life-changing light. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. And you may do aerobics, fix your hair, um, stretch. And would Matt and the team like to pop up? And of course, any of the leaders, Chris and Jen, and any of and Phil and Kath, and any of the leaders here tonight, please take over at any moment. <laughs> right. But I'm happy to kick off. Um, but this is where we all get to play. Is that all right? So um, what we're going to ask the Holy Spirit is basically, Holy Spirit, would you love me to get some prayer tonight? And if that's what he'd love you to do, is it okay to, Chris, come down the front, Jen, do, do that? Yes? Great. Is that okay, guys? You've got lovely carpet. Um, so if that's what you know you need to do with God tonight, to come and say, yep, yeah, I'm in, because I'd love to know Jesus as the word again in my life and that he's the only word that I need. I'd love to say that to him tonight. Um, it might be that, God, I really need your spirit afresh for this week ahead. And, of course, that's every day of our life. Um, And it might be, God, I want to know your project. I'm frightened of your project. Um, Help me in the struggle of this project, yeah? 
Uh, and of course, Jesus, I need your light in order to shine. That could be what it is, just to help. Um, but I'd just love to ask the Holy Spirit now to help us to, to guide us. And then if you aren't going to have prayer, because and that's fine, but if, you would, um, if that's you, you're probably going to then come and pray for others. Would that be all right? Um, how this rolled this morning was the teenagers came and lined up uh, across the room, and then the non-teenagers, uh, the young at heart, uh, came forward and got prayer, and it was beautiful and it was lovely. So you up for it? Yes? Before we eat. All right. Father, you're a beautiful father. And we thank you for your beautiful people. And we're asking, Father, right now by your Holy Spirit to do these things that you're longing to do within us tonight. Come, Holy Spirit. Just be aware God is with you right now. You don't have to work him up. He is right here now. Thank you, Lord. Be aware of what the Lord would love you to do. Would it be to come and have some prayer? Or would it be to be ready to pray for others? But please listen. If you're a real doer, I'd ask you to double think and ask the question if you need to receive tonight. So if you just know right now with God that you would love to receive and to have some prayer, do you want to come out now and just stand quietly with God? That's it. Anyone and everyone, and we'll go from there.